congregation in the response to the reading of God's word, we will sing Psalm 325, the first tenses, teach me, O Lord, thy way of truth, and from it I will not depart. We will read out of the New Testament, the book of Revelation, which we will read chapter 3, chapter 3, verse 14 to 22. And I also will read the last question of the Heidelberg Catechism, question 129 of Lord's Day 52. Revelation 3, verse 14, the word of the Lord. And unto the angel of the church of Laodicea write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and I have need of nothing. And thou knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, and thou mayest be clothed, and the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyes of that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and station. Be zealous therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and I am set down with my father in his throne. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the churches. And then Lord's Day 52, the last question, what does the word Amen signify? And Sir Amen signifies it shall be truly and certainly be for my prayers more assuredly heard of God than I feel in my heart that I desire these things of him. Amen. How often is Amen at the close of the worship service only to be understood as the end of coming together in church? How often do we say this word without any further thought as we conclude our prayers? But congregation friends, if you begin to grasp the meaning of the word Amen... As the Catechism just reminded us, signifying it shall be truly and certainly be that my prayer is more assuredly heard of God than 
I feel in my heart that I desire these things of him. Friends, is that a comfort for you? And here we are in the end of the catechism. That begins, what is your only comfort in life and death? And the answer is that I'm not my own, but belong body and soul in life and death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Even when you at times, you miss the living experience of that comfort. Or maybe struggle with the assurance of that belonging to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, you know, he's so ever faithful. And that for me. Only faintly and feebly can say, Amen. At the times that you have no words to pray anymore. To know that it is Christ. Substitutes and takes over your feeble words. And concludes your prayer. And says, Amen. For you, he intercedes at the right hand of the Father, even now. Don't forget. Friends, here we are at the end of the part of gratitude in the catechism. It begins, question 86, of thankfulness. Since we are delivered from our misery, merely of grace, through Christ, without any merit of ours. Amen. Where is the thankfulness in our life? Having been redeemed and delivered us by his blood, also he renews us by his Holy Spirit after his own image, so that we may testify with our whole conduct our gratitude to God for his blessings, and that he may be praised by us. How are we doing? Do you begin to see your need of Christ, the Amen and the faithful, as we read in Revelation 3, to live a life of thankfulness when you have received by grace a place at the table of the Lord. To live out of Christ, for Christ, to the glory of Christ. Congregation, here we are at the end of the exposition of prayer. In the catechism. That begins in question and answer 116. That prayer that is necessary for a Christian. Because. It is the chief part of thankfulness. For all the things necessary for body and soul. Which Christ our Lord has comprised in that prayer. That he has taught us. Teaching us. Amen. Teaching us it signifies itself truly and certainly for my prayers more assuredly heard of God that I feel in my heart that I desire these things of him. Those prayers that seemingly go unanswered maybe for a wayward child and your prayer has come to this Lord Have mercy on him. Have mercy on him, her. Those prayers when you go through challenging times. Those times when you're in the midst of trouble. Like what I read in the sermon preparation of of someone who said, Trouble suffocates me, worry entangles me. By night I cannot sleep, by day I cannot rest. The burden of suffering is so painful. Where is God? 
Does he know? Or are my prayers only heard by the walls? Is he near? Is he present? Or is he someone distant only watching? And then to conclude your prayer. Amen. It is more assuredly heard of God. Than I feel in my heart. Really? Friends. I think really only when Christ is the final word as he reveals himself to us this night his word to us these things says the amen and faithful and therefore with the help of the Lord I want to meditate with you on that single word amen a word often spoken without thought a word which, whose rich meaning is often forgotten, I think. But what more, Amen is taught by Christ himself to each of his children. As we find it at the conclusion of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, verse 13. Amen congregation is Christ himself. There lies your rest. Also for this new week. That lies before you. Your only rest. These things says the Amen. The faithful. The true witness. And therefore only and because of Christ himself. For his sake. Amen signifies. It shall truly and certainly be. For my prayer. Even those weak prayers. Or those stuttering words. Is more assuredly heard of God. Than I feel in my heart. That I desire these things of him. So the theme of tonight is. Amen. Christ. The final word. Three main thoughts. What is it? What is the meaning of amen? Why we need it? Why the amen. Our need of Christ himself. And in the third place. How it ought to transform us. In the first place. What is now the meaning of amen? Well, when you read your Bible, Amen is often untranslated, not translated. But the meaning points to, to be firm, faithful, trustworthy, certain, credible. Or some translators, it is in truth, it is verified, verily, belief. In general, we could say Amen is used in Scripture as a response. For example, Psalm 72. Blessed is the Lord uh, God, the God of Israel, who only does wondrous things, and blessed be his glorious name forever and ever, and let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. Amen, concluding a personal prayer to the Lord, who only does wondrous things. Do you know those wondrous things in your life? Those times that you have to say, in my distress I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. But I have poured out my soul before the Lord. And when I cried unto the Lord, he saved you from all your distresses. Can you say again tonight by grace, amen, so true, so it was, so it is. 
Psalm 106. 6. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. And let all the people say Amen. Concluding a congregational prayer. Jeremiah 28. Jeremiah says Amen. The Lord do so. The Lord perform your word. Is that your only hope? The Lord performs his word. The Lord do so. Do so. Amen. But amen is not only used as a response, but also as an introduction in Scripture. This use we find particularly in the New Testament, about 120 times. The initial amen of the gospel, when it opens with a new statement, announcing that what follows is true. It is Christ himself, eh? over 60 times, begins with amen, amen, often translated as verily, verily, Matthew 18, verily I say unto you, you look in the original, amen I say to you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter in God's kingdom. It is true, except, except you are converted, except you are transformed, except you become a little child, Coming to Christ to invite, let the children come to me. Also the many children in our congregation. It is certain and true. Otherwise, there is no other way than to Christ to enter in into his kingdom, in the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Verily, truly it is. Mark. 3 verse 28, fairly I say to you, all sins shall be given, forgiven unto the sons of men. Christ says here, amen. It is true, it is sure, it is certain. All your sins shall be and are forgiven. It is true. It is certain. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses from all sin. That is gospel. When you cry out with the psalmist, deliver me from all my transgressions. And he answers tonight, you, Amen, verily, I say to you, all your sins be forgiven. John 6, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting light. And maybe there is one in our midst that says, oh Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. These things, says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, Amen, Amen, so true, so certain, truly, most assuredly, more assuredly heard of God. Then I feel in my heart this promise of Christ himself. Amen. He or she also tonight in our midst. He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him. Amen. There's not only amen points. It means it is true. It is certain. So it is. It is not only used as a response, or it is used as an introduction, but friends, ultimately, and above all, it points to Christ in him, the Amen. So we have read of Revelation 3, verse 14. 
Het is Christ himself, the deepest meaning of the word, the amen, the faithful and true witness, who has taught that word, that word amen to each of his children, learning how to pray, our father, yes, and each of his petitions, but also taught and continued to teach them, amen. And he says that first, the amen himself, who is faithful, And you may repeat, echo his word, say after him, struggling as it may be at times. Amen. That is the meaning of of amen. For Christ's sake, the amen and the faithful. For his sake, to be heard. Because what he has accomplished on the cross, what you and I never could do, when he was not heard, being forsaken by his father, So that you can be heard by your father for Christ's sake. Truly and certainly. More assuredly than I feel in my heart. Then it can be at times. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplication. In thy faithfulness answer me. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Hide not thy face in the day of trouble, for thine ear unto me. Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. Those times that you have to say, from the end of the earth, I will cry unto thee, when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Amen. And such a prayer is more assuredly heard of God than I feel at that moment in my heart. Only and because of Christ, who reminds you tonight, I have prayed for you that your faith fails not. This amazing gospel, I have prayed for you, for me, that my faith may not fail. Friends, do you see your need of him? Do you see your need of the amen of Christ in your life? Remember, it is him, in him, Christ. Amen. And therefore, why why we need the amen in our life, our second point. Because our need is great in our prayer life and, and, and much more. And what we see particularly in this letter to the church of Laodicea. These things that says the aim and the faith from the true witness. These things in which he reveals himself to us tonight. And I want to point out how he reveals, how he shows himself to us. What is in him. Four things that arise from the text of uh, Revelation 3. In the verses 15 to 17, 18, 19 and 20. Because in him unfolds before our eyes through his word that he says, I know you. I counsel you. I love you. And lastly, I knock at your door. This says the Amen. I know. I know you, says the Lord. Personal, eh? 
His assessment of you and me tonight. His examination in his care. Is his care in our life. I know your works. Yes, that you are neither cold nor hot. You would word cold or hot. Your works, plural, eh? works. Your church going, your Bible studies, your prayer. Those times that your prayer is neither cold nor hot. Look warm. And, and be honest tonight. Now with church going, and it can, it can be sometimes you come into church cold, but touched by his word, it warms and it transforms you. Your Bible study, it can be when you go to Bible study group, you, you, you are maybe tired and cold. But when the Lord comes over and you are being together around God's word and you leave that place different, warmed by his word, having met Christ. And then your prayer. Sometimes you hear our young children pray, Lord bless the food and drink for Jesus' sake, amen. Cold nor hot, lukewarm. And as adults, we do the same, maybe a little more sophisticated, but we're using the same phrases over and over again. Cold nor hot, lukewarm. And the Lord says to us this night, the amen, so then, because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of your mouth. Because you say, I am rich and increased with goods, I have need of nothing. Do you not know that you are rich, miserable, poor, blind and naked? Congregation, put that for a moment in the context. Hey, hearing about the condition of the churches. Here in the book of Revelation, Ephesus, a church that has abandoned its first love of Christ. Smyrna, a, a, a church that remains faithful. Pergamon, a church that comprises its belief. Thyatira, a church that follows false prophets. Sardis, a church that is spiritual death. Philadelphia, a church that patiently endured. And then Laodicea, a church that is lukewarm, works and in prayer, individually and collectively. What is the Lord's assessment of you and me tonight? Left your first love of Christ? Can happen. Even when you attend the Lord's Supper. Uh, spiritual death can happen when you attend Sunday after Sunday, but, uh, but you miss the practice of godliness. Spiritual death. Or here in our chapter, lukewarm faith, prayer, your prayer life. Be honest tonight. Is it now lukewarm or what is it? Increase with good? Oh yes, but we are reformed. Oh, we are heritage reformed. Have need of nothing? Complacent in our faith in times of abundance? And not dependent on Christ? Do we see our need? Friends, don't sidestep, sidestep his examination with the self-examination. It is the amen and the faithful. It is the true and he witnesses your life. Christ sees us who we are better than we see ourselves. And the amen says as it were, and Christ responds to your life the way you live and are living. Christ's introduction and what follows is true. You Maybe there are among our in our midst who, who take pride in our moral goodness. Or maybe you lost your dependence on God. Or maybe in, even in our arrogance we believe that we do not have any needs further. Walter Marshall says this, your heart is addicted 
to the salvation by works. And as a result, we often hear where our good deeds are like spiritual merit badges on our chest. Think that we can impress God with our righteous acts. Like the Pharisees in Luke 18, we pride ourselves that we are not like the other men. After all, we are not engaged in the perversity of our culture. No need that I'm not like them. It's not a picture of a lukewarm person, a person in church who is self-satisfied. I'm rich, I've prospered, I've need of nothing, I've arrived. But you don't have a true view of yourself. Unless, unless. By grace, and that's the Lord's care also tonight. Eh? Therefore we read his word. That he has given his word. That you truly may understand. Now I know. That you have seen once in your life, maybe just a long time ago, maybe recently, that you begin to see by grace, I am poor and needy. I am wretched, miserable, poor, blind and naked. Does not the depth of our sin, does that not give you to see the great need of a savior? The savior and substitute. The need of the amen and the faithful one. Christ himself, who not only graciously reveals to you who you are. That is his grace. We don't deserve anything. And yet he shows you who you are. The true view of yourself. But he also shows you who he is. And friends, that goes together. When it pleases the Lord to reveal himself to your soul. Through his word as he does tonight. Don't separate those things. And how does the Amen show himself to us this night? Against the background of his assessment of lukewarmness. Of poor and needy as we are in ourselves. Also in our life of prayer. It it ought to be the, the chief part of thankfulness. How does the Lord reveal himself? Here in verse, verse 18 of our chapter. Who he is and he reveals him to you. He said, I counsel you. Hmm? I counsel you. Amazing, is it not? Do you begin to see his faithfulness? Despite who we are. I counsel you, verse 18. Come by. Is offered here. Eh? Graciously and generously. Christ, riches of holiness, gold tried in fire. Christ, righteousness, white raiment. Christ, giving you to see, anoint your eyes with eyes of, so that you may see him, whom my soul loves, because he loved me first. I counsel you, says Christ. That is my offer to you tonight. This says the amen and the faithful one. And he offers this to you without money, without price. Take it freely. Whoever will. No one is excluded. The door of grace is wide open. There's not the prophet said, come then. Let us reason together, says the Lord. To your sins be as scarlet. Sins of wandering prayers. Sins of lukewarm prayers. Sins of prayers. We, 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 we are thinking they are not heard. 
they shall be white as snow. As an hymnwriter of old reminds us, once for all, O sinner, receive it. Once for all, O friend, now believe it. Cling to the cross, the burden will fall. Christ has redeemed us once and for all. Friends, nothing can be added. Nothing has to be added. It has been freely prepared. It must be freely received. I counsel you. But the Amos shows more of himself to us this night. Verse 19. In his love for you. As many as I love. I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous therefore and repent. Oh he loves each of his children. With an everlasting love. Ever faithful. Sure certain love. And he loved them to the end. Despite how you have come to church this night. Despite how your prayer life is or the lack of it. Despite of your sins and shortcomings. But he proclaims tonight his love to you. Yet, yes he disciplines you in his examination. Of you and your own self-examination. And he rebukes and chastens you. Like a father pitied his father. So the Lord pitied them that fear him. And he does not deal after us, after our sin, nor reward us according to our iniquities. But in his love, and in his mercy, and in his grace, and his slow to anger, plenteous in mercies, he comes after you, he pursues you, he does not give up on you, as many times maybe you have given up on him, as it seems that your prayer is not heard, or does not go beyond the ceiling of this room. As we are so often so blind, often not seeing that the Lord is at work while we are still praying. But he does not give up. Also when you are here tonight, and maybe you sit here and inwardly you have no need of him. This gracious, this generous, this loving Savior, he said, repent therefore, repent. As I love, says the Lord, this Lord, this God of truth, Isaiah 65. I have, I have no pleasure in the death of, of the wicked, but he of that the wicked turn from the way and live. Turn then, turn from your lukewarm ways. For why will you die? Can the Lord not say tonight to all of us, what is the more to do in my vineyard? What I have not done in it says the Lord, the God of truth, the God of Amen. What more? These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness. I counsel you, I love you. What more? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and will sup with him and he with me. What an invitation. This fourth aspect arising from our text words in verse 20. It is true. Amen. Trustworthy. Certain. Credible. Amen. Behold. Here tonight says the Amen Christ himself. I stand at the door and knock. Friend, how long is your waiting and standing and knocking at your door of life even now 
Christ knocking at the door of sinner's heart. As uh, John Flavel once wrote in 1680. In solemn entreaty, in plea to receive the Savior and his gospel in the day of mercy. Today, now, is the day of mercy. Christ's invitation is a sure invitation. More assuredly than I feel in my heart. Because we read, if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will, that is sure, come in to him. And will, that is certain, sup with him and he with me. And I will come in. And I will have fellowship. And I have communion Communion with me. That's the amazing wonder. Those times through his words. Those times when the sacraments are administered in the midst of the congregation. Broken bread, his body, and that for me. Shed blood, and that for me. Friends, does that not humble you? Does that not break you? Hearing his counsel, seeing his love towards such one as you, standing before you in the apparel of his word tonight, and he invites, if any man, any, no one excluded, he rejects no one who opens to him and hears my voice. That is the voice of my beloved. Those times, behold, he comes, leaping on the mountains, skipping up on the hills. It is the voice of my beloved that knock on the door and say, open to me. That is what the Amen desires. To have communion and fellowship with each of his children. Wayward children. Wondering children, struggling, praying children, and those who are rich in themselves and increase with goods. But he says to you tonight, open the door and I will come in to him, to her, and I will sup with him, with her, and he, and see with me. Jonathan Edwards once wrote and preached, now you have an extraordinary opportunity A day wherein Christ has flung the door of mercy wide open. And he knocks and he stands in the door calling and crying with a loud voice to poor sinners. A day wherein many are flocking to him and pressing into the kingdom of God. Many come daily from the east and the west and the north and the south. Many are in the same miserable condition that you are in now and now in a happy state with their hearts filled with love to him that has loved them and washed them from their sins in his own blood and rejoicing in the hope and the glory of God. How awful is it to be left behind at such a day. Open then the door and he will come into you and he will sub with you and you with Christ. This is your Savior who shows himself to you tonight who he is. The Amen, the faithful one, the true witness, this wonderful counselor, he to me, poor and needy in myself, in his redeeming 
And his disciplining love. He for me. This well-meant, gracious and generous invitation. And that to me, fellowship and friendship. And he calls you, he calls you back to himself. And prayer becomes a time of union and communion. And conversing with him. And to experience what Moses experienced. And thus the Lord spake to Moses face to face. As a man speaks to his friends. Oh congregation then heaven hangs low. So low. That you can attest with Jacob. How awful is this place. There is none other than the house of God. It is a gate of heaven. John writes, my little children, dear ones, loved ones, we have an advocate, we have an advocate who intercedes for each of his children. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, the Amen and the faithful one. Then it is the Spirit. Then it is the Spirit who helps in our weakness. For we do not know what we pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings. Too deep for words. This says the Amen. In all your shortcomings in prayer. Maybe lack of prayer or lukewarmness in your prayer life. I counsel you. I love you. I stand at the door. Open then. I will come into you. I will have fellowship and friendship with you. And you with me. The amen and the faithful one. Christ who teaches us to pray. Amen. To whom else shall you then go? Times when you wonder. Does he know? Or are my prayers only heard by the wall? When you cry out where is God in all of this? And it seems that God does not listen or answer. When there are no words to pray with the psalmist, I'm so troubled that I cannot speak. Times in your life that you say, I feel dry. Times of barrenness. And it seems that the heart is separated from God. And there's no thought for thoughts, memories or feelings or even spiritual ones. Times that you have to say, I have no time to pray. Times that you get distracted in your prayer and your thoughts are wandering off and you start to pray and, and, and your mind wanders and it wanders all over the place. Your heart is here and your mind is there. Distraction from prayer. The times that we forget God's promises and you wonder, will the Lord cast off forever? Will he not be favorable anymore? Is his mercy gone forever? Has God forgotten to be gracious? And then Christ, the Amen and the faithful says to you let not your heart be troubled it is I who taught you and will teach you again to pray I will teach you with all your cries and sighs with all your trouble and that suffocates you with the worry and the anxiety that entangles you with the suffering that you cope with uh, physically or psychologically Come through life in distress and depression. But I teach you. I will teach you. Our Father who art in heaven. Oh lift and up to your head. Lift up your head and look to heaven. 
from whence comes your help? Christ sitting at the right hand of the Father. And your Father, says Christ to each of his children, I, the Amen, the faithful one, teach you and then say after me. Maybe faltering, maybe stuttering, but he says, say after him, Amen. Meaning, it, it, it shall truly and certainly be. For my prayer is more assuredly heard of God than I feel in my heart that I desire these things of him. That is Christ. God's amen for his sake to all that he has spoken for all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen. Then it is Christ himself who affirms these promises and secures them by his own blood. Should that not give you confidence and come boldly in humility to his throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need? Or that not to transform you, your life, your prayers, to rest in him more, to lean on him more and each prayer to end in him in Christ? And him alone. We, we, we did not deserve anything. And God gave everything that he had. His son. And he did it. For you. Oh friends take refuge in him. Maybe again. For your seemingly unanswered prayer. When I cried. And he in his boundless mercy. Fulfills his word for Christ's sake. The amen and the faithful. Oh, then, then my prayers are not only heard by the wall, but by the God of heaven and earth, for Christ's sake. Then he is near, then he is present, and, and not some, somewhere distant only watching, but he is near and nigh unto them that call upon him. These things, says the Amen, the first and the last, the ever faithful one, who, who once cried on the cross, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken? And he was not answered, so that you will be heard in his way and in his time, but he will never, never, never forsake you, nor leave you. And therefore, for Christ's sake, my prayer is more assuredly heard of God than I feel in my heart that I desire these things of him. Will you remember this week? Will you remind yourself this week when you pray, wherever you are, maybe you're traveling, maybe you're at home, when you struggle, when you struggle in prayer, or when you have a joyful prayer, but for Christ's sake, my prayer is more assuredly heard of God. What a comfort. What an unspeakable comfort. Than I feel. Than I feel in my heart. That I desire these things of him. Amen. Yea, amen. Let us pray. Lord, what a great, great comfort thou hast given to each of thy children that thou hast taught them to pray 
that are still teaching them to pray and conclude their prayers with that word Amen. To end in Christ in thee the ever faithful and true witness. Lord will give that the fruits of this thy word are found in our life also in this new week that we truly may rest in thee. And we are more assuredly hurt than we feel in our hearts. And that for Christ's sake. Amen.